Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 80, recorded on September 18th, 2017. I am your host, Matt Lyons, and in this week's episode, the Indians have clinched the AL Central for the second year in a row. We'll break that down and what it means. We'll also take a look at the rest of the AL race as it stands now. We'll look back at the streak, whether it was good or bad, and whether or not the Indians own the longest streak in MLB history. Uh, we'll talk about the strange new some strange new ideas to improve the MLB broadcast, and of course, we'll answer your questions. Before we get into all that, I want to thank everybody listening live now on Facebook or wherever or whenever you may be tuning in. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but we have our own URL now on YouTube, which is neat, because once you reach 100 subscribers, you can do that. So, so now it's just youtube.com slash let's go tribe instead of a bunch of random things. So if you want to go there and subscribe to that, that's great. Um, every little bit helps. Joining me for all this and more is none other than Mr. Jason Lucart. Jason, how you doing? I'm good. I really like the, uh, the scheduled day off after clinching the division. I mean, I know technically the Indians clinched on Saturday, but... Uh... You know, it, it's it's common to give all the starters the day off, or a lot of the starters the day off after clinching. Uh, I guess maybe Francona still will give them the day off tomorrow, but it's nice that they had the built-in day in, built-in day off. Uh, I'd rather just see the the starters back out there tomorrow. They're still competing with Houston for the best record in the American League. Uh, it'd be fun to see them win another seven games and get to 100. Uh, but I've enjoyed a day to celebrate without worrying about a new game. I do. I see the merit of that, but I also part of me likes those hangover games where it's just the weirdest random lineups and there's no starters, and you you kind of know why there's no starters. I don't know. Part of me likes that a lot. Those, I mean, the Indians have only had it a couple times, but it's always seen those hangover games that always happen. I like the one last year, um, and like you said, we might still have one tomorrow. I guess it depends on how much they partied, but but yeah, a day off is always nice, and they, it feels like they played so many games in a row, mostly because they've won so many in a row that it is nice to have that day off. But anyway, like you said, the Indians did. Uh, they did clinch the AL Central. They clinched it on Saturday, technically, because the Indians won against the Royals, and the Twins did their Twins thing, and they got blown out. But the Indians, they waited to celebrate until Sunday, so it felt more like the Indians actually clinched the game, or clinched the division yesterday, which was, again, really nice. Like you said, they might win 100 games. They need to win seven in their last 12. Right now, they're they're over the Astros for the number one seed in the AL, which at this point, it looks like they, they could pretty easily take it and keep it. So, so Jason, what do you think? Two-time AL Central champions... I don't know. We're we're pretty optimistic, but I don't know if either of us saw them being quite this good at the end of the year. But here they are. Yeah, I mean, I at some point after the season we can revisit. I think there were five of us on our predictions podcast. Uh, I'm pretty sure I was the low man of the five on wins, and I think I said 94. So I'm going to be under. Although if they had only gone like 16 and six during their winning streak, I'd be in real good shape. Um, <laughs> I, a lot of you guys were pretty optimistic. I think I bet one or two of you guys had them for 100 wins. 
uh, yeah, the back-to-back divisions has been a long time. First time since the uh, 95 through 99 five consecutive. Uh, so that's fun. Every other time they've had a good season in the 2000s, it's been followed up by sort of a, a letdown season. It's nice to, to build off last year. I tweeted the other night just like a list of AL Central championships, which has the Indians on top with nine and then the Twins with six and, and on down. The Royals have only won it once in the, I think, 24 years, 23, 24 years the division has existed. Um, and if you looked at wins and losses since the AL Central was, was created, the Indians have by far the best record in the division. They, they've been the best team in the division for the quarter century it's been around, which is fun. Yeah, one of my favorite pastimes is just chopping up random lengths of time the Indians have been so good. You could say that since Terry Francona has been manager since this, since that. Like, they've been good for yeah. a surprising amount of time considering they only have two division championships in a row. And it's yeah, probably going to last for a little while longer. But yeah, if you go short, then yeah, the Francona, the Indians have won 20, probably like 21 or 22 more games than any other team in the American League since Francona's been here. Uh, and I, I feel like that sort of gets overlooked that, you know, they've had a winning record every season he's been here. Um, obviously the World Series and obviously headed to the postseason again. You can go even longer. I think in American League history, the Yankees are third behind only the Yankees and Red Sox in wins. Like the, the Indians have been historically a good team. Uh, unfortunately, kind of a bridesmaid, not bride team. But in terms of just kind of overall success in Almost every regard except for World Series championships, uh, you know, the Indians have been an upper quarter of MLB teams. And even just last year where they, they obviously went to the World Series, like heading in, remember all the, there's no way the Indians will beat the Red Sox. It's not going to happen. They're going to get eliminated right away. So even with last year when they made the playoffs, they still weren't much of thought of as a contender. I think I think even I thought they were going to lose to the Red Sox, but then they swept them. They almost swept the Jays and everything else that happened but it's it's pretty weird that now the indians are like they're literally the king of the conference and they're the king of the division now and the second year in a row they're going to probably be the favorites this year i would think uh going against anybody they face we'll talk about matchups in a minute but it's it's really nice being the team that's not always having to be the underdog it's kind of neat being that, that the indians are the ones that everybody fears and everybody's talking about and they had that big long streak that obviously doesn't count because when you win that many games in a row they just they just don't count anymore so but I think that I think that meme we could put to bed. I feel like at this point, I feel like that's the meme of an underdog team. I don't. I feel like the Indians and Indians fans at this point, we should set aside the the no respect card and just embrace people grasping that the Indians are a really really good team. Well, we can talk about the streak now, actually, and it, more than just uh, the underdog whole aspect of it. There is in every sport, no matter what. There's this thing about winning streaks where. If it goes on for too long, it must be a bad thing. The Indians must they must be tired. They peak too early and all this stuff. I mean, most of our questions this week, if it wasn't about the roster, which we're going to talk about next week, it was mostly about the streak. Like, at Steve Greco, we won the nose. Winning straight, 22 straight games actually bad. Many are saying it. At Vincent Novella 1 on Twitter, he asked, after the record-breaking winning streak, will this team have enough energy for the postseason? Did they peak too soon? I mean, this is a real thing that people were concerned about. Um, it doesn't matter if the Indians are underdog favorites whatever this happens every time there's any kind of streak but i mean the indians just peaked in september and they're still potentially peaking i don't think i'm not worried about that kind of thing at all i think maybe it might i don't know it just doesn't seem like that big of a deal to lose the streak before the playoffs start 
but it happened and they won a bunch of games and maybe they'll go on another huge streak and it won't matter. So I don't know. I don't, I don't think it really was a big deal anyway. It just made the regular season more fun is really the end result of everything. Yeah. Jay Jaffe, who is like the, I want to say the lead baseball writer for sports illustrated or sports illustrated.com, which may or may not be separate from sports illustrated, the print magazine. I don't know. Um, he does a ton of great work, and he did a study a few years ago uh, that I think he just updated that basically shows there's absolutely no correlation between a team's record in September and how a team does in the postseason. And I think that's it's just a, another example of things that people have a really hard I, hard time wrapping their mind around the idea that like momentum just doesn't really exist that way. Uh, so I don't think the Indians peaked too soon. I don't think the streak was bad for them. I don't think it means they're on a roll that assures them of success now. I feel like no matter what happens, the streak is going to be a factor in the narrative that people create around the Indians, that if they do win the World Series, it'll be like, oh, you know, they were kind of stumbling along, and then the winning streak got everything going, and they believed in themselves, and that's why they won the World Series. Or oh, you know, the winning streak, they used up all their energy and, you know, they were, it was a letdown after that and that's why they didn't win. And it's the same thing with the Dodgers. Like, their their big losing stretch, it's the same thing. Whatever happens to them in the postseason, people will will build the narrative to fit the result. Yeah, and that, that's exactly what's going to happen. It doesn't matter that the Indians lost it or it wouldn't even have mattered. Like, another big problem that people would have had is if they kept the streak going into the playoffs, there's the whole... Like they have too much pressure to win every game. I mean, there's a separate pressure in the playoffs anyway. I don't think it really matters. Like, it all resets once you gets there. Is Jay Jaffe also the one that disproved the um, the home run derby thing? I feel like he is for some. I don't know. This is completely random, but like disproving. I don't know. It, I, I'm almost I don't sure he was. He may have. I mean, he's been doing really good work for a long time. Uh, he did a lot of stuff at Baseball Prospectus, and he created. Jaws, which is like a World Series, or not World Series, a Hall of Fame sort of rating system that uh, is something he's pretty well known for. I, I, I don't recall reading anything on the Home Run Derby thing from him, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if he's dug into it at some point. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know why I remember that it was for him him for some reason. But, but anyway, the Indian streak, um, as we know, 22 games in a row. No matter what, it is the undisputed American League record. But there is a dispute over whether or not they have the longest MLB record. Uh, because the 1916 New York Giants, they won 26 in a row, but that includes a tiny little footnote. Uh, one of the games, it was rained out, and then they restarted it the next day as a doubleheader. So, in the way, it's not just baseball reference, but I think most people are looking at baseball reference as they were looking through things, so that's kind of where they attributed it. But baseball itself, they keep track of the stats within that game, but the result didn't count. So, technically, it was... It didn't even count as like a tie in the standings. Like the Giants didn't finish, what was it, like 85-something and one. They just finished with their record. So it wasn't technically a tie, but it wasn't a win. So I guess, like, I don't know. Most people are saying the Indians have the longest uninterrupted streak in the majors. Uh, but Jason, what's your feeling? Do the Indians have the the longest MLB winning streak ever, or do they have the second best? Do they have the longest uninterrupted? I think they have, I think they have the longest, and I'm – completely open to the possibility that if some other team had won 22 games uh, that I would argue differently. I'm, I'm open to the, the possibility that I'm biased. But to me, the game did count. And when we say it didn't count as a tie, it did count as a tie. Major League Baseball doesn't 
just doesn't track ties. They don't put them in the official standings. But the game happened. It ended as a tie. And like you said, player statistics from that game count. If you look up any player who played in that game and you look up their statistics for 1916, everything they did in that tie is part of their official statistics. And so if Major League Baseball, you know, the way they, if, if crazy weather comes in and wipes out a game today while it's tied, Major League Baseball treats it like the game really did never happen. You hit three home runs in the game and rain washes it away. You didn't hit those three home runs. You give up eight runs and your ERA goes up a run and then rain comes in. Suddenly you didn't give up those eight runs. But that's not the case with the 1916 tie. The home run that someone or other hit in that game, the strikeouts that people had, like they're all part of the official record. And if the statistics are part of the official record, then to me, the game was an official game, whether they happen to create a, a, a column for ties in the standings or not. Uh, and you know, if people have talked about, oh, well, they played another game the other day. But, I mean, that was just a practice back then was sometimes they played other games, sometimes they didn't. The same Giants had at least one other game that did end in a tie that year. And those statistics also count. And they never played that team again. Like, it was a different sort of a little more willy-nilly however you want to describe it, that you can't really compare to today. Um, but the statistics count. And and that's not completely extinct either. It's been, there's only been one in like the last 10 years, but I think it was just last year. The Cubs in like the last week of the season, rain came in in like the eighth inning and Major League Baseball said, we're not going to make any effort to replay the game. And the statistics from it counted. Uh, and again, they didn't, put it as a tie because there's no tie column in the standings. But to me, those games count because if they didn't count, Major League Baseball wouldn't keep the stats from them. So I think the game counts. I think that means they didn't win 26 in a row, which means the Indians have the longest winning streak. It's such a, a fascinating, it's like the equivalent of like a review call where if you land on one side, the only way, like if your bias lands on one side or the other, you're probably not going to be convinced the other way. There's just not enough evidence to switch it. But I don't feel like either side is completely wrong, which is really weird. Like, I don't know if it happened in the Indians in the middle of their streak, if one of their games got washed out, I'm trying to think of how I would feel. And I'd probably just say the streak is still going because they didn't lose the game technically. But then when I look back at the Giants one, it looks like it's pretty clear. They didn't win that many games in a row. They just did not lose one of them. But I don't know. It's yeah. I mean, the Giants have the longest undefeated streak. That would be accurate because they didn't lose a game in there. Uh, but if we're if we're just talking winning streaks, I don't think the Giants counts. And and honestly, I I think maybe this is going to sound boastful or false modesty. I think I'm pretty good at not being super biased when assessing things. If anything, I get down on the Indians about stuff. So. I'm open to the possibility that I'm biased in their favor, but I also feel like if I had to guess, I think I would come down the same way, even if it were, you know, the Brewers or the Pirates or not if it were the Yankees. If it were the Yankees, I'm sure <laughs> they screwed them. That's not a They don't have it. But short of it being the Yankees, I think I would come down the same way. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely on the Indian side of it now, and I don't really know how it would come down if it switched. I mean, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of smart baseball people on both sides, which I think is neat about an argument. Because normally, with these kind of things, is like one side is all the people who you either agree with or you don't, and then the other side, the people you usually agree with or you don't. But this time, it's like it's mixed. Like Grant Brisby yeah. comes out on the one side, and Saber comes out on the other. And there are people whose opinions I respect a lot who aren't on both sides of it. Um, 
Another, I mean, and this has this is not an attempt to discredit the Giants. The tie game being a game is my attempt to discredit the Giants' streak. This is just a random, to me, really interesting piece of information is all 26 of those Giants' wins and the tie in the middle of it, every single one of those games was a home game for them because they were in the midst of a four-week homestand, which is just crazy because, of course, that doesn't happen anymore. Uh, but they didn't go on the road for a single one of those games. So regardless of which one is the longest winning streak, uh, I think when you factor that in and you factor in the Indians winning by like five runs a game during the streak, I think almost inarguably the Indians winning streak is the most impressive winning streak in Major League history. Oh, even if they didn't win every game, like if they had one game where they lost by one or maybe one or two where they lost, like that's the most impressive streak of games. I would I didn't look it up specifically, but like, how much they dominated. It doesn't matter that they won everyone. It's just how good they were for that many games in a row. That's got to be up there, like, overall, not just the fact they won so many in a row. So, yeah, definitely. I don't care if they lost. They didn't get to four more wins than the Giants. That's the most impressive streak of baseball I've, I'm pretty sure I've ever seen alive, and I'm pretty sure that might be one of the most impressive streaks that ever happened. I mean, I know the Dodgers, even just this year, they had their good run. The Astros had a good run, but... Just the pitching staff, the way the Indians were hitting, and the fact that half the Indians were injured, if you want to take that into account too, like this was not a full strength Indians team. There's no Brantley, no Kipnis. Yandy Diaz and Giovanni Urshela was forming the weird Megatron over at third base, and it was just super impressive. Everything about the streak was just impressive. One of the like, most interesting minor footnotes to me, I think Urshela may have eventually missed the game, but maybe not. He did eventually, uh, yeah. He didn't go to everyone. Yeah, but I think, like, through 19 games, the only player who had played in every game in the streak was Urshela because he kept coming in as, like, a late-inning replacement when he didn't start. It's pretty funny. Of, of all the, the really good players on the team, that uh, the defensive specialist who has not been able to hit at the major league level <laughs> is the guy who was there for every one of them. Yeah, and the one game he didn't – well, I mean, he didn't start a bunch, but one of them he started at shortstop, which was interesting. So, but yeah, I, I like that. I mean, it's a it's a different topic altogether, but I like the the bringing in Yandy Diaz for most of the game is switching for Giovanni Urshela late out. That's that's a pretty good weapon. Like, if, especially if Yandy Diaz keeps hitting, having Giovanni Urshela just come in for the last two innings where he probably won't get in at bat. That's about the best you can ask. Like bringing him over the lead because he is amazing with his glove at third base. Even after all this time, it's never like it's clearly not a small sample size. He's just super good at third base. Um, so yeah, anything else about the streak? I mean, it, it was really fun to watch. It was. Yeah, I think I just, like, if the Indians don't win the World Series, I'm going to be super bummed when they get knocked out, uh, just like I was last year. But I really want to hold on to the winning streak as, in terms of not forgetting how fun it was, because it was a blast. And most of baseball is regular season baseball, and most of following baseball is, like, the long day in, day out of it. Uh, and I feel like if you can't, enjoy the winning streak and remember this season super fondly, no matter how October plays out, uh, then you're missing out because winning the World Series, well, I imagine it will be even more exciting than the winning streak and more satisfying and all of that stuff. But uh, I don't know. So many people, I feel like they view the season as a failure if it doesn't end with winning the World Series. Like it's an all or nothing thing. Because that was what happened when I when I tweeted about the Indians having won nine division titles and, you know, more than any other team in the division. And I knew it would, but, like, probably 20 different people replied with some variation of, 
yeah, but World Series, Royals won, Indians zero. And it's like, yeah, I turns out I know that the Indians <laughs> haven't won a World Series. Thanks for pointing out. But it's also like, so do you really think the last quarter century has been better for the Royals and the Indians because they happened to win the one game seven and the Indians didn't? Like, I don't buy it. To me, the Indians have been by far the more successful team. They've won a lot more games. They've made the postseason more times. You know, they've made the World Series more times. Like, I've gotten more enjoyment out of being an Indians fan the last 25 years than I would have being a Royals fan. And that doesn't mean I don't badly want the Indians to win the World Series, but I just feel like not enough emphasis is put on the regular season because that's like 85% of a full baseball season is just those, you know, is, is that six months. And so I feel like the winning streak is way more rare than winning a World Series. Uh, and that doesn't make it better, but I think all of us should just – not not lose track of how much fun it really was. And right or wrong, I mean, I think if the Indians get knocked out early, I'm definitely going to feel the same way, that the streak was great and I'm always going to remember it, but if the Indians do any kind of run into the postseason again, I'm not really going to care about the streak. Like, the postseason will stick out, because remember the Indians had a win, win streak last season, and I I hardly remember that, but I remember so much about the playoffs. It's just crazy how much more that sticks out of my mind. I don't know if that's just the fact that it was historic, maybe that'll change it, but it just depends on what they do in October. But if well, they get out knocked I, early, it's going to be fun. That's my point. I think most fans will forget about the streak if the Indians don't win the World Series. Or not forget about it, but it won't it won't maintain all that much significance, which I think is a shame. I think it's an incredible accomplishment that, I mean, Forget the Giants for a second. It, no matter what you think of that streak, no team in the last 100 years have done what the Indians just did. And I can't speak for anyone else, but for me, I'm going to try hard not to let whatever happens this October diminish how much I enjoyed the winning streak or my memory of that. Oh, yeah. Nothing's going to diminish it for me. It'll just be if if they do any kind of run, that's going to stick out to me first when I think of this season. But we'll... we'll always had this to come back like even A's fans it, it was a big deal for them to lose it and they wanted to keep that memory alive and that was was like 15 years ago and they got a movie out of it so I don't know it's going to be something we remember for a long time I think it was really similar to I think it was again Grant Grisby talked about it it was the it was another Mark McGuire Sammy Sosa thing where everybody was watching the Indians they were watching this one thing in baseball in the regular season which was really neat so sad it's over but also in the end I just want the playoffs to come um, and speaking of which, the, the playoffs are, they are going to come eventually. There's, there's some crazy th things that could happen with the, the wild card and divisions. And luckily the Indians are not involved because they clinched. But the Indians, as it stands right now, the Indians are the number one seed. Uh, Astros would be number two, Red Sox number three, uh, leading all divisions. After that, it'd be Yankees and Twins. They are currently in the wild card lead. Angels two games back. And then there's a big gap at the Mariners, four and a half, and then a bunch of other teams. So. We're pretty close to seeing what the playoffs will look like unless some dramatic swings happen in the last handful of games. But but uh, Jason, has, at, at Nick2NZ asks, uh, what's the better matchup in the ALDS? Who do you want the Indians to face? It's either going to be Yankees, Twins, or one of about, I don't know, five or six other teams. Uh, I want not the Yankees uh, for two significant reasons. One... Uh, of the teams they could face, I think the Yankees are the best team. I think the Yankees are a better team than the Red Sox right now. Uh, and two, I in 
in hindsight, I can enjoy the Indians playing the Yankees a lot because if they beat the Yankees, that's like the greatest. Uh, in the present, I can't really enjoy watching the Indians play the Yankees because uh, my favorite team in sports and my least favorite team in sports, it's too, for me, it's too emotionally intense to really enjoy. <laughs> So, and if they lose to the Yankees, that's like the absolute worst possible result in sports for me. So, I would like to avoid the Yankees both because I think the Yankees are good and because it's just a stressful week for me, if that's what it comes down to. Which isn't to say I like the Red Sox, uh, which isn't to say I wouldn't be furious about losing to the Twins. Uh, but I want anyone but the Yankees in the ALDS would be fine by me. Yeah, I should also mention there's a chance the Indians could face the Red Sox. They're almost certainly not going to face the Astros, but the either if the Red Sox drop the division or if the Indians fall behind the Astros, one way or another, the Indians could face the Red Sox somehow, which I would be sort of okay with, I guess. They're, they're the best team they could face, but I don't know. I'm, I want the Yankees. Give me the Yankees. <laughs> it is not too intense for me to handle. I want to beat the Yankees in the playoffs. I want to wear my Indians uh, vinyl on my car. I want to drive around. In my little five hours away from New York City city. And I want to beat the Yankees in the playoffs. Although I have told co-workers that I work with. I, I promise not to be mean about after uh, playoffs. After the regular season, I was... I smack talk like crazy in real life. Just because it's fun. But I wouldn't do that in the playoffs. But I want the, the Indians to, to destroy the Yankees in the playoffs. Is what I'm saying. In the ALDS. I don't think that's yeah. the best matchup, but... One possibility is that you're just more emotionally mature than I am and less prone <laughs> no, to uh, being despondent based on a team losing to another team. Uh, but I think the other possibility is that you're enough younger than me that you don't really have the kind of memories I do of the 90s Yankees, um, which is when I came to really hate the Yankees. The Yankees, for, for the time you've been old enough to be paying that much attention to baseball, have won, like, what, one World Series? Oh, yeah. I feel like part of it is just the Yankees. There's the geography for you, and so that's a different thing. It's more of like an in-your-face thing. Uh, but the Yankees aren't like a monolithic powerhouse for you the way they're in for me because in my formative years as a baseball fan, as a teenager, uh, they kept winning and winning. Yeah, they are. I didn't watch it in person, but I do also have smug Yankee fans telling me how great Derek Jeter was, and he was just... It's so hard to describe how they talk about him. Like he could do nothing wrong, and the Yankees are perfect and everything. And I'm really sick of hearing that, and I want them to lose in the playoffs. But I also don't think maybe it is because I haven't seen them be so good, but I'm so annoyed by them. But there's no one team that I would be super depressed to lose to. I would be super depressed to lose to everybody. Is mainly my thing. Like it doesn't matter who. It's the Astros, the Mariners, the Angels, the Twins. If they lose in the playoffs, I'm going to be very sad. I don't care who it's against. I'm going to be sad for a while, but I'm going to get over it in a much different. <laughs> way in a much different timeline if they lose to the Astros than if they lose to the Yankees. It would, for me, it's definitely different depending on who they lose to. Yeah, and as far as the best matchup, I'd, I guess it would be one of the like really bad like wildcard teams, like, like the Rangers at the bottom there, maybe the Mariners. I don't think the Twins or Yankees are, either of those are super easy matchups because, like I've said all year, I think the Twins are sneaky good. They can have an offense that can come out of nowhere, but I don't know what the best matchup would be. I don't think it's certainly not the Red Sox or the Astros, obviously, but any of those wildcard teams are pretty even. I think the best thing, if we want to get wild with scenarios here, just because I want to see baseball be better and see Mike Trout get more 
get more play on a national stage. Maybe like the Astros get ahead of the Indians, and the Indians play the uh, the Red Sox and the ALDS. The Angels play the Astros, and then the Angels win, and then Angels Indians ALCS just to see Mike Trout a little longer without the Indians losing, and then of course Indians win the ALCS because screw you, Mike Trout. Um, but I just want to see him get a little more play somewhere, and that'd be a really great comeback story for baseball, I think, with his injury and finally getting his team deep into the playoffs and not even the best team he's been on probably, although it's really good with Justin Upton now, but I'd want to see a little bit more like the ALCS matchup of Francisco Lindor against Mike Trout is really exciting for me. I think it would be, I don't think it'd be quite as exciting in the ALDS for one. It's fewer games and for two, it's not as far in the playoffs. So I don't know. I think that's a pretty decent matchup for the Indians too. So I wouldn't be too worried about that actually happening. And that's one that I kind of want to see. Yeah, in terms of, like, if I had no rooting interests and was just interested in, like, more of, objectively is not quite the right word for it. But, yeah, I mean, to me, the angels of the other teams in the American League are the the team I would, I would certainly rather see the angels go to the ALCS than see the Red Sox or the Yankees, uh, you know, or the Twins. Um, You and I, I mean... I will grant that you were right about who's going to finish second to the Indians. It's going to be the twins, but you and I are still in disagreement over. I still don't view the twins as a good team the way you do. Uh, I view them more as the team that was least bad enough to beat out the other (laughs) crummy teams because a fifth team is going to make the postseason. I still think there's only four good teams in the American league. So if whoever isn't the Yankees or Red Sox in the wild card game happens to beat the Yankees or Red Sox. I think that's automatically the weak team in the postseason. Uh, so I feel like best case scenario for the Indians is they finish with the best record. And then, you know, the angels or twins, whoever wins the second spot beats the Red Sox or Yankees in the wild card game. Yeah. I, I just, just clarify. It's, I think they're sneaky. Good, not good. They can be sneaky. Good. It's they, they have one thing they do well, which is hit sometimes when it works, <laughs> which is enough for me to be sneaky good, they can't pitch for shit like you said before in the beginning of the season, but I think they have enough offensive pieces to at least annoy a team for a while, which is going to probably be the Indians, if not this year, the next year. And for what it's worth, the Indians do play them, I think, the last, the second to last series of the season. So that could be interesting. The Indians could effectively knock them out of the playoffs at that point. So that'll be fun. So, Jason, we have something we probably are going to disagree about. I'm just going to guess because you're like, 70, 80 years old, something like that. Um, yes. Yeah, experience <laughs> is what you're saying. But anyway, Adam Silver, uh, the NBA commissioner, he was talking at a code conference. So, I mean, he's talking to a bunch of nerds, basically. But his he had an idea for the NBA broadcast. He was saying it's, it's like akin to silent movies, the way that sports are broadcast now, and that it's just kind of old-fashioned. It works, so we've been doing it. It's just there's a game in the background. There's maybe a couple graphics, some people talking over it. But he kind of said... Maybe there's some room to change. We can kind of look like to the internet, to video games, and specifically like Twitch, which is owned by Amazon. And if anybody's never watched any kind of Twitch stream, it's basically just people playing video games and you watch them and they talk over it and it can be really interesting. You can build communities specifically around more so than the game, like the actual people. Um, so for a while, I've kind of thought that'd be kind of neat. Like if the if MLB just sort of, it'd be a massive um, what's the word I'm looking for? Licensing nightmare, just trying to get it all to work. But if they had some kind of way to like follow that lead and sort of open up and let just anybody with a camera and a microphone just broadcast the game in a way, um, either like 
if it's literally just Twitch, like just give them an overlay over a game, that'd be cool or any kind of like to make it to take it several steps further, like give them access to camera cuts and let them essentially make their own broadcast out of the data that MLB has. Because I think in general, if you give the internet a bunch of stuff and tell them to make something good out of it, most of the time you're going to get enough people to boil up to the surface. That's going to be worth it and they're going to make good stuff out of it. Most of it's going to be garbage and just enough to throw away. But there's enough, like a couple people would be really good at it, like really good at building a community around a broadcast, around the way they talk about baseball that like just some guy in a suit like Rick Manning and Matt Underwood, they're good at what they do. They're good enough to be to be doing what they do, but they're not gonna build nobody's gonna be in the Rick Manning or Matt Underwood fan club and uh, following their Twitch stream. So like Adam Silver's idea was essentially have ESPN just copy Twitch and have like broadcasters overlaid on the screen, which I don't think if he does that, that's not gonna work. But I want basically just Twitch for baseball. You just open it up you give everybody the access to stream over games and you build around more so than personalities in the game in baseball, because during a game, you don't see a whole lot of those personalities, but now so many people are watching games or watching video games, watching those personalities. There's just so many like close personalities and like, you can't get it from a booth. It's just somebody in their living room doing it. And you feel more connected. You feel more connected to baseball. You build around the broadcasters in the game. I think it would be great. I think it sounds silly and ridiculous. <laughs> That's my counter. No, I, I, I sounds ridiculous. But some of it for the reasons you've mentioned, although you seem to like mention and then sort of gloss over after mentioning. Logistically, I can't even fathom how this works. Oh, there's no way to do it. Like, we just no. <laughs> yeah, anyone can do this. Anyone can make money off of our product, you know, without us. Uh, even beyond that, just like, aesthetically even if that all worked out um you know you talked about like the personality of the gamers which one without getting too far into this because it's pretty off topic and two because i'm sort of out of my depth in talking about this what i know of gamer culture does not make gamer culture something i want major league baseball to emulate because what i know of gamer culture is pretty garbage filled um and i know that's not a majority of the people involved in that culture but um I just feel like pointing out that gamer culture seems to be pretty crappy in a lot of ways. Um, two, I think like a big part of what you're overlooking is that like having the person who's playing and talking about its personality come through when you're watching someone beat a Super Mario level is different to me than needing the person's personality come through like when I'm watching a baseball game because the baseball players are like actual people and so i don't know like i'm not maybe if it, if it already existed for something other than video games it would be easier for me to imagine a compelling version of it for baseball uh but to me it just it doesn't seem like it enhances the experience for me in a like i just don't feel like it would enhance the experience at all i don't need more when I'm watching a baseball game. And we've, and we've talked about before, I tend to watch baseball games with the volume turned most of the way down because I don't need to listen to the broadcasters. And to me, that's not a, oh, well, if you just had like fun, cool broadcasters, like to some extent, that's true. There are people I'd, I'd listen with the volume turned up, you know, if like if Jonah Carey and Grant Brisby were doing a game together or something like that. And I know on some level what you're saying is this kind of scenario would allow for something like that. Um, 
but on the whole, like, I'm not unsatisfied with the way baseball is presented. Like, I, I can get what I want out of baseball by watching a game as it is currently presented. And I get what you were saying in the article that, you know, like a lot of younger people probably don't. I'm also not convinced that baseball would generate a ton of new fans if it were more like a YouTube channel. I'm sure there'd be a few people who checked it out for a little bit, but I think ultimately either baseball is enough to, to grab you and hold your attention or it's not. The first part, um, the, the baseball, you're absolutely right about gamer culture is garbage. Like the whole, you can say a majority of them, like <laughs> the majority of online, like Twitch channels that the chats are always awful, like no matter what you do pretty much. But I think it would hopefully maybe be a little different in sports. I would hope like you can also have like the people, like you said, Grant Brisby and Jonah Carey as the big names doing it and having that kind of thing. And so it's not all just the garbagey chats. Like you could have better moderation, better better ways to manage communities and it wouldn't be i think building around video games is part of the reason that it ends up being so bad but if you're building around sports i think part of me wants to hope it would be a little better but the other part of me just kind of says like that's what the the age audience that baseball would kind of have to go after like the kids and stuff that's just kind of where a ton of them are is just watching twitch streams and like that and being generally garbagey in chat but it's the kind of people you want we're not specifically the kind of people you want watching sports, but they're the kind of people you need watching sports if you just want more people in general. But, but yeah, it, it, it basically be impossible to do unless the baseball gets like so bad that they're really desperate to get younger viewers. Cause how do you convince ESPN and all the local, the local areas just to say, yeah, sure. You can just broadcast over our stuff. So it is absolutely a pipe dream, but I would really like to, to just be able to watch whoever I want to watch broadcast games. And like, if you want, nothing on the screen and just no talking. I'm sure that people that would do that, there'd be some that would have like very specific saber stats on the screen. Some that would have their own custom overlays and stuff. There'd be all kinds of neat stuff they could do with it, which is the main draw for me doing it. But it would be, I mean, I also feel like statistically, and again, I mean, I don't even like the technical side of creating these overlays. I have no idea. Cause that's not at all like my wheelhouse, but like even just like logistically of putting stuff up, in something like real time like it works on baseball broadcasts because they're paying multiple people whose job it is just to put together graphics and have them up at the right time like i don't know how i don't know i i feel like you're just imagining like a group of guys who for love of the game are, are, are doing all of this work which would literally be hours of work for every game uh i, I, just, I don't even see how like like it would be feasible on that side of things well, that one, that I think is really like, I think you're underestimating how much people would do that for the love of it. Like there's so many people that do this around games without making any money. If you can get that kind of passion around doing it for baseball, it's not really doing the overlays. If, if MLB could give an easy way through their little platform I mean, to well, get the stats, the they, they would do it. What's the background or research that goes into doing it while you're playing a video game? Like what are people putting up? that's taking hours of their time outside of the moment that you see it on the screen. There's a lot like there's like when they get big enough, they hire actual teams to do this stuff like in real time of, I mean, they're not specific stats obviously, but there is a bunch of overlays that happen as the streams are progressing. Like if you give people the tools to do something and say, eventually you can make money overlays of what, like what is on the screen? Most of the time it's like, if they get donations or just the way things change, like there's some that are really good. They actually have actual scene changes. Like, to what's going on in the game, like the way they're on the screen will change. In OBS, it's really not that hard to do, like to set up different overlays, but 
if you if you give enough people just the tools to do it and say eventually maybe you can make money doing it, I can guarantee you will find enough people who will eventually make good stuff just because they want to. There won't be a ton of them that do it well, but there's always a bunch of people that will. Because just think of how many people do it. I don't. I think you're underestimating how many Twitch streamers there are that are trying really hard to be good at it and how much time they're dedicating for basically I mean, nothing. But Matt, you run a blog where people get paid very little. And I know for a fact, because I was in your position before, that it's hard to get most of them to commit more than two or three hours a week to something. I don't know how you're going to get people to do this seven days a week for six months of the year. But that's comparing see- like 12 people to the entire internet. No, it's not because you have the entire internet to draw from. You have the entire Indians fan base anyway to draw from. Not like all of baseball to do their own, like the ownership over the whole channel. You have people that already do it. That's what I'm saying. Like not even just baseball specifically. There are already a ton of people that do it over video games, which is a lot of work. They do, they do like eight hour streams pretty much every day, whether it's maybe they don't have to do the time to put in beforehand to get the stream ready but they actually have to do the actual streaming for like eight to 10 hours a week just to get any kind of recognition doing it. So just that kind of logistics of finding people to do it. I absolutely believe you could find people that would be willing to because they already are. They're just doing it for video games. If you can transfer that passion over to sports, which is already there in different ways. If you give the people the tools to do it, they're probably going to do it. I don't buy it. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it would be pulled off in, in a, in a worthwhile way for 30 different teams. Uh, and I think, again, I mean, and I know you're recommend. I mean, you called it a pipe dream yourself, but I feel like the only way it would work is if, I'm, if eventually there was the carrot of, if you do this really well, you are going to make, you know, a living off of it or whatever. You're going to replace the current system. And I don't see where the money for that comes from unless Major League Baseball just decides we're scrapping the current way in, instead of giving you options, we're replacing it with this group of people who, who do this, you know, Twitch style thing. And at that point for every fan you might gain, I think you're going to turn off at least one or two fans. And yeah, it's easy to say, well, those are older fans who are going to age out sooner anyway, but I still think they'd be cutting their legs out. And I still think, I don't think there's a massive number of people, young people who aren't into baseball, but would be if it were just, more like watching someone play a video game. I, I, I don't think it would have that much staying power for a large number of people. Well, the carrot and the stick thing, that already exists in the way that Twitch is. Like, they don't make money. The game is not paying them to play. They're getting money from donations and building a community around them. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's the thing that people already do a lot. Like, baseball wouldn't have to pay anybody to do this. If you tell them they can make money off of it, they can find their own way to do it. And then more people do it. And part of it is that when it's usually like small, small, so small, so low to the ground, everybody thinks they can do it. So more people start doing it. But you talking about tons of people doing it doesn't work for baseball unless baseball is getting a cut of it. And then you've significantly altered how much money the people getting who doing it are getting. Well, if you're like equating baseball to Twitch, like in this case, even though Twitch isn't all the games, Twitch is what baseball would be, which is they take a cut of like ads, which is what Twitch streamers already do. They find their own ways to get money out of the Twitch stream. Yeah, I mean, that's very easy that would do it to baseball. They don't have license from anyone. Like, there's no one who has to get a cut of what they're doing. Like, as far as I know, Nintendo's not getting paid because some guy played Call of Duty for eight hours or whatever. Like, they don't require any payment for that. And that's a, a massive part of this scenario. I mean, ESPN pays hundreds of millions of dollars. And, like, that money 
has to come from somewhere. Yeah, and we're like we're getting on the other side of the logistical part. Like, I have no idea how MLB would justify making money off of it to do it. But I'm just saying, as far as people getting paid, like the way that Twitch is, Twitch still gets a cut. Like, there's there is somebody getting a cut. It would be Twitch. In this case, it'd be MLB. I don't know how much they would have to take, but still, people would get money. They would find ways to make money, like for their own advertisements, their own donations. It's a system that already works, and if you could just apply it to baseball, I'd, maybe but, you can't apply it to the same people that are sports fans. But if you could. I still think it would work. And I don't. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I just don't think... I feel like it w works for video games because it because it didn't have to compete with anything else. It just got to become the way at some point when people suddenly decided, like, hey, I want to watch a stranger play a video game, they were able to become the way of doing it. And I get that part of what you're saying is that the problem is baseball is just stuck in its way of doing it. But... I guess I just disagree with how flawed Adam Silver apparently thinks the current way of broadcasting games is. I mean, you've said multiple times the game in the background, like the game's not in the background. The game is what you're watching. You're not watching someone watch the game. You're watching the game. Like I understand it's in the background and that like the graphics are technically laid on top of it, but like the game itself is the focus, not someone who's watching the game. Well, the, for the good streamers, the ones that do it right, the game is still the focus, but it's also what they're adding to it is another big part of it. But that's that would still be a little difference for sports. So something that's going <laughs> to... This does not necessarily make my case sound better, but I think it kind of shows how it would work. But like one of the big things that YouTube and Twitch does is like a... You just mentioned something I already forgot, but it's basically like a, a friend simulator kind of thing. Like it's like, Oh, it's like you're watching with somebody else. Like there's very few sports sites that have actually tried doing that, except the one that does is Barstool Sports, which they're awful for everything else. But that's like the only reason they're successful is they've mastered taking the watching stuff with your garbage friends and making it into a thing. Like if somebody other than Barstool could do that, who isn't garbage which people, maybe it would being on Twitter during a game is like that. Like I'm interacting with other people who are also watching baseball and they're just not garbage people because it's not barstool and I've chosen who to follow. Like, I don't, I don't feel like baseball watching doesn't have enough interactive opportunities. I mean, people like we have game threads at let's go tribe. Like, isn't that, isn't the idea that it recreates what it's like to, to watch the game with people? Yeah, it is. Then you could take that so many steps further by doing it on video. That's basically all I'm getting at. Like, you can do all this I, stuff I on video and we're getting better. I have no interest in seeing the other people who are commenting at Let's Go Tribal and watching. <laughs> I kind of want to do it all at once. And I mean, the like the end argument to this is that if, if everybody can do it, you could also have ones that are completely silent. But like it all just comes back to the fact that it'd be impossible to do another one. That already exists. You just turned on the volume <laughs> on the TV and you have that one. Like, you don't, you're, you're like, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're arguing against it because you don't want it, I'm just saying if we did have it, you could also have it your way by having nothing. Like, yeah, but I can already have it my way, so I don't need this <laughs> cultural revolution in baseball coverage that, again, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think it would actually add that many new fans. I think it would turn off a number of fans. Uh, I think logistically it's a nightmare. Uh, and when I say logistically, I mean both from the producing it and... Uh, funding it all somehow. I'm open. I'm completely open to that. The the reality that I don't understand Twitch well enough to completely know what I'm talking about here. Um, 
and again, and some of this comes back to just the fundamental disagreement over whether or not baseball broadcasts are significantly flawed. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're significantly flawed, but I think in the future, even now, they should need to start. They're already started looking at like ways to attract a younger audience. Their ways just through like MLB TV and stuff. But I think the the very first step in fixing anything is just to get rid of blackout restrictions. Like that before yeah, we get no, into revolutionizing baseball is just I don't think baseball's unhealthy. I think baseball is yeah. less popular than it was forty years ago for the same reasons that football and basketball and hockey and boxing and everything that was popular forty years ago are less popular now, which is there's just a bazillion more things to choose from. Like but I don't think baseball's unhealthy and I don't think baseball's in danger of dying out. Uh, and if baseball is going to die out, it's not going to be until after I'm dead. And frankly, I don't care if baseball dies out after I'm dead. So <laughs> That's selfish. So that is problem. Jason. <laughs> wow, your poor grandkids. I mean, baseball's dead. And Grandpa wished it upon no, us. I mean, if baseball <laughs> dies out before my grandkids, then it'll be because my grandkids have decided that they're into other stuff. <laughs> That's true. It's yeah, fun. that is the truth. Yeah. So yeah. That's fine. Um, we do have some baseball. I mean, that's pretty much the end of the show, but we have to pretend to care about regular season baseball for a couple more weeks. The Indians. I, I, I don't have to pretend. I do care about regular season baseball you do? for a couple more weeks. You care about playing the Angels? And who else yeah, is it? I do. The, the Mariners? You yeah, care about the Mariners? Not, for me, it's not all about either they win the World Series or they don't, and I can't wait until I find out if they did or not. Like, I like baseball. I'm going to – I don't want to punt on the, the next two weeks of baseball. Like – there's there's plenty I can engage myself in. There's who's going to finish with the best record. There's who's going to win the AL East because I hate them both, but at least one of them won't win it. Uh, there's still some wild card stuff. There's still who's going to pitch well enough to win the Cy Young in each league. There's who's going to hit well enough to win the MVP in each league. Like the the award races are a lot more open than they usually are. There's plenty that can hold my interest. That is a lot of non-Indians thing. I was talking specifically talking about. But- Caring about the Indians finishing the season. Like, but that's not an Indian thing. The Indians, 100 wins would be cool. Uh, winning the American League or having the best record in the American League would be significant. Uh, Corey Kluber could totally still win the Cy Young, which would be a crazy turn of events given where things were two months ago. Uh, Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez, either or both of them could finish in the top five of the MVP voting. Like, I feel like there's a lot of Indians-related stuff still going on. I guess. I don't know. I, once they win, once they clinch... I'm glad the Indians don't for sports like any team doesn't follow my lead because once teams clinch, I it's really hard for me to care anymore about that team. I just want to get to the playoffs. I mean, I still care, but I just want if I Indians, do just want to get to the playoffs and see what happens now. If the Indians could replace Edwin Encarnacion with Sonic the Hedgehog and some teenagers <laughs> could scream at him during the game, would that make you care about the next two weeks more? I'm not Sonic. Could you pick like a, a like any kind of Jason, a video game character in the last five years. Can you put one in there instead? I assume there are still some games. And if there aren't, that's the fault of the video game industry. Uh, no, but could I name a video game character who did not exist five years ago and exists now? No, I certainly could not. I don't know who the new... That's a great question. Is who is the most recent new video game character that I could name? Um <laughs> If I say the dude from Bioshock, but I don't know his name, would that count? Are you talking the big daddy, the one with the drill? Uh, I wasn't. I was thinking of the guy you actually play as. But no, big daddy works because that's that's a name I've got. And what, the little, little sisters, right? There you I go. Remember. Yeah. Is that All the right, last yeah, video the game you played? Out, 2006? <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, we're getting into a complete video game discussion here, but that's part of the problem with video, is there's like no new mascot character. It's just there was another Sonic game like a month ago, and there's another one coming next year, and that's all it is. It's just you could name a video game character from like the last 15 years or 20 years, and I'm sure it's relevant now just because there's nothing new, which sucks. But yes, if kids were screaming over it, maybe I would care a little more. All right, well, if that's what it takes, then then maybe I'm wrong about everything and we should switch to Twitch. <laughs> On that note, uh, Jason, thanks for joining me again. It was fun. I agree. It was fun. We, we should get mildly to moderately off topic more often. <laughs> Everybody else. We will talk to you guys next week. Um, our last – next week will be our last one of the regular season, so we're going to be talking a bunch of playoff stuff then. And then we'll try to maybe figure out what our playoff schedule is going to be for podcasts, but we'll be around. We will see you all next week. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.